Welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast, where we discuss dynasty strategy, rankings, and all things NFL. So get ready to geek out on fantasy football with your host, Rich Dotson. And welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Rich Dotson, here with my fellow nerds, Matt O'Hara. Hey, hey. And Garrett Price. How's it going? Oh, dude, you guys are so consistent on your hellos. It's it's such a beautiful thing. It's like a natural intro. Actually, what I should do is just record that and just play it week in, week out. Yeah, you don't even need us to do it every time. No, I just really go. Like, even when you're not here, I'm like, and Matt O'Hara. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> Garrett Price, how's it going? <laughs> it's going good, guys. The NFL draft is behind us now. All all we we know where everybody lands uh, and where they find a home. And just when you thought, this 2020 NFL draft class couldn't be as fantastically fantastic as it is. It gets more fantastic. It gets deeper. It gets broader. Your third round picks look great. We've been telling you for a year now to acquire as many 2020 seconds as you as you possibly can because by the time the draft rolls around, there's going to be extremely valuable. Here we are today. Uh, a mere five days after the NFL draft, and those seconds look absolutely lovely. You're going to get some very good talent in the second round of your rookie class. This is one of the deeper classes that I've ever seen in my 17 years of playing Dynasty Fantasy Football. It's a great year to own some draft picks. I'm excited about this. Uh, if you are not a Nerd Herd member, you missed out because... We already did a show with a two-round mock draft that dropped on Monday. So if you want to hear that and hear us go into detail about the top four running backs, sign up for the Nerd Herd today. Pay, buy us a cu- that one cup of coffee. Get in there. Listen to that show to get detailed analysis on our top 24 players for this 2020 class. And I'm telling you, we got some good tidbits on those running backs because – Right now, that's the biggest change we've seen. We've been telling you guys now for months that it was J.K. Dobbins and DeAndre Swift locked into 1-1 one, one, and 1-2, one, and there's not much going to happen to make that change. Well, the draft happened, and it changed, and we go into detail about that uh, on that Nerd Herd podcast, so make sure you subscribe and get on there today. We talk a little bit on the YouTube channel as well, so you can check us out on YouTube, because uh, today we're not going to go into detail about those top four running backs. We've already covered that on two different platforms, but there's, we are going to talk about a couple of these guys. Today, we're going to cover the NFL draft, recap it. We're going to go round by round and each give you a guy that we like a lot in that round and the value and their position and kind of talk about the player from that aspect. Uh, but before I do that, let me give you one of the, a word from one of our sponsors, and that is Dynasty Owner. Dot com. That's right, DynastyOwner.com. Now that the NFL draft is behind us and you have a lot of free time, there is this is the best time of the year to start a new Dynasty League. You know, th- We have a lot of months before football, and hopefully it starts on time. But right now, DynastyOwner.com gives you an opportunity to play Dynasty Fantasy Football in a whole new light. It gives you the chance to be the owner, the GM, and the head coach. You get to use NFL actual salaries and have an actual NFL salary cap to build the best roster you possibly can. They're going to give you this opportunity to build an asset because they're only giving away so many teams at DynastyOwner.com. That way your team will be worth money down the road if you build a dynasty owner a true dynasty that can't be beat. And with these rookies now in the system, then you're going to find some really good value 
at that position. You're going to get find some really good value at some of these running backs that are making, you know, a million dollars a year compared to these guys like Christian McCaffrey making 12 to 16 million dollars a year. It gives you a chance to win weekly prizes, the chase for the ring. So much going on. They have a great mock draft tool, but it's the one opportunity you can get in a different platform to actually control a team at the NFL level. Check out DynastyOwner.com today to play Dynasty in a whole new light. DynastyOwner.com. Check them out today. I use them. You should use them. It's a fantastic platform. So, guys, as we start, before we get into this, um, and and I know it's redundant because we've covered this on multiple different platforms. But for people that you know that just listen to this podcast, I want us to each give our top four running backs in order. We're not going to go deep into it because we've done it so many times, but. I want us to each give our top four guys. So that's the biggest question mark because you can argue in this class the first four picks in every league, and you can almost argue five. Um, I wouldn't make it five, but should be running backs. The first four picks can easily be running backs. I'm going to go first. My new order of ranking these running backs as of today, and this is this is already different than I had it on our YouTube show and our Nerd Herd episode, but my top four running backs go in this order. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, J.K. Dobbins, Jonathan Taylor, DeAndre Swift. And I know I've had DeAndre Swift as my 1-1 for two years, and this is what happened. And maybe maybe I'm not listening to my own advice where I go, hey, don't let the landing spot change your, uh, your view of a player that much because it always bites you in the butt down the road. But here I am doing it again. I'm moving Swift down to my uh, fourth-rated overall player and running back and i'm sure three years from now i'll be on this podcast yelling at myself like rich what are you doing doofus that was your one one for two years this is what you get for letting them slip matt let me hear your top four running backs in order as you stand today well rich i actually have the exact same order i know that's kind of boring and, and not great short uh, show fodder and whatnot but uh i I'm interested to hear that you already moved J.K. Dobbins up because we spoke we spoke earlier this week even, and you had Jonathan Taylor above J.K. Dobbins. So I guess um, a question back to you: what What did I say to convince you to move J.K. <laughs> Dobbins back above Jonathan Taylor where he belongs? Well, if you watch our YouTube uh, two round Superflex mock draft, which is going to drop, I think either today or tomorrow, uh, what it was it goes back to the, the what I think is it's a pass catching ability, right? We can all agree. Nothing ever changes from the fact that Jonathan Taylor was always the best pure runner in his class. And I think what changed me, honestly, Matt, was my argument with Mick Whalen in that argument, like we were mad at each other, but our debate, uh, let's say uh, about Jonathan Taylor and Deandre and actually Clyde Edwards Alaire because Jonathan Taylor is Nick's number one running back overall. And I started right. debating about that and going to Jonathan Taylor's faults. And the way I look at it, Matt is, in a PPR league, we talk about it all, all the time. We've talked about it. We've done shows about it, how valuable they are, the PPR running backs. And when we went back and went over the history of running backs, the one consistent thing we always found in those rankings of the top 12 players were the PPR catching running backs. Those were the consistent players. And we look at Jonathan Taylor. I know that he caught 26 balls last year, but his his efficiency catching those footballs wasn't really good, even though they were manufactured kind of like the Leonard Fournette receptions and his drop rate in the passing game was 16%. And that's pretty staggering high. So I think his pass catching ability, and I know that the Colts drafted him to be a three down back and he'll be on the field a lot, but 
his fumbling issues and his limited pass catching ability somewhat worry me. And it kind of goes back to the the Derrick Henry argument where that is great that you're you're a fantastic runner and you can lead the NFL on rushing, but look what Derrick Henry did. He led the NFL on rushing last year and he was still running back seven on a year because he's limited in the passing game. And that matters. It does not matter if you rush for 1,600 yards. If you have another running back who's going to have accumulatively almost 2,000 yards all around, all-purpose yards when it comes to passing and rushing or receiving and rushing. And that's what some of these other running backs give. And that's what J.K. Dobbins does as well. He catches the football. And when you look at the landing spot for J.K. Dobbins, I absolutely do love it, Matt. We kind of, we you we, as a group, we've talked this out about the four and it's brought you know it's kind of made me realize that jk dobbins actually goes to a better russian situation than jonathan taylor people want to say oh jonathan taylor's in a great system and a great fit he absolutely is Uh, this is not even an argument against jonathan taylor being a, a fantastic addition to any dynasty team because he is he landed the best situation possible with the colts a power run team with a great offensive line where you can make that one cut everything he did in wisconsin will translate to the colts it will and I love it, but we're not going to get is as many receptions for Jonathan Taylor. And maybe he does step it up, but again, I'm asking Jonathan Taylor now to do more than what his skill set really shows us on tape and what he really did at Wisconsin. I'm just asking J.J. Dobbins to do the same. I'm not asking him to do more. J.K. Dobbins goes to the the number one Russian team in the NFL. People argued that, hey, J.K. Dobbins was only striving at Ohio State because he played with that Russian quarterback in an RPO system, and it, and it opened everything up for him. And now he goes to that exact same situation in Baltimore. And you could argue Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Jonathan Taylor, and J.K. Dobbins all went in the same situation. So... That, that's what it is for me. And I'm going to take J.K. Dobbins' pass catching ability and that system. It's going to be a slight edge over, over Jonathan Taylor because I feel like J.K. Dobbins is a little bit more of a safer floor than Jonathan Taylor at this point. And so here we are again, kind of debating these top four running backs. Like I said, we wouldn't. But I knew that's you would. What, <laughs> I, knew, so, I, I knew he would too, man. He can't, and, really, and, he can't and, help and, it. And that's the difference for me, guys. I mean, it just comes down to like. Again, not who the best running back is, so that always going to go back to Jonathan Taylor as a pure runner. It's about who's the best fantasy football player. That's why Clyde Edwards-Alaire has jumped to my number one, uh, and we'll talk about him in a minute when we get to the first round because we'd be remiss not to talk about Clyde Edwards-Alaire for this podcast. So that was a difference maker to me. They were already so close. Again, all four of these are so close. If you took DeAndre Swift number two overall, I would not complain. You know, I think the only thing I can say for sure here is that Clyde Edwards Alaire is my one one 10 out of 10 times and I know we've been using that a lot lately even got out of uh, a Twitter comment about it but that's the one that I will not bend on is Clyde Edwards Alaire uh at one the other three totally interchangeable I've already done it in one league I had the second pick I traded up to, for it or the this I had the option let me put it because it's a super flex league at the second running back and I took Jonathan Taylor and then in another league I took J.K. Dobbins because I do I like all four of these guys and I want to share in as many leagues as I can because I love these guys I want to be able to pay attention to them and be able to root for them for my dynasty teams Matt so that's what's changed for me in a long-winded right. statement Garrett give our audience your top four running backs and then we could you know obviously everybody be like oh Garrett's wrong again. I mean, that's not usually the case, but uh, 
where I, where I see it, uh, I, I went back through it and looked to make sure this was true. Uh, I have in my running back rankings uh, these four guys in five spots. So I mean, they're all right back to back to back to back. Like they're all very very close. The difference between all of them is razor thin. And I legitimately have no issue saying Ceh is the number one. I have no issue saying J.K. Dobbins is the number one. Uh, where it came out for me is I did end up having Jonathan Taylor. Number one. And part of it is I'm a man of my word. I said pre-draft, I wasn't a huge Jonathan Taylor guy, but, um, you know, he would be the perfect fit for the Colts offense. If he happened to go to the Colts offense, he would probably be my number one back. That's exactly what happened. Um, You know, and we literally do have a perfect situation for those top three guys. Dobbins, uh, you know, the, the only knock on him was... You know, oh, he ran with a, you know, a mobile quarterback running the RPO stuff. He literally ran, he go he goes to a system running the RPO with arguably one of the only players that could be considered more athletic than, than Fields is. And so it's a perfect situation for him. Perfect situation for Clyde Edwards-Alaire. I mean, the literally Mahomes, everybody in the, in the front office was like, yeah, that's our guy. Um, but Jonathan Taylor is that one cut and go runner. Uh, he's going to, Nick talks about it a lot. Uh, he, he sticks with the play very similar to Adrian Peterson. And here's the thing about, about Jonathan Taylor. One of his most common comps, and I think it's a very good comp, is Nick Chubb. Ferocious between the tackles. One of the best in the game. Not not great in the passing game, uh, but, he, but not a liability either. But here's where I came out on all of it. Worst case scenario, we're getting Nick Chubb, and that's running back, what was he, seven this year, six, something in that ballpark. Um, you know, he was a he was a, a good mid-RB1, and that was with almost no passing volume. And honestly, Nick Chubb got taken at the goal line a few times because of some of the stuff that happened with Kareem Hunt. So let's say some of that doesn't happen, and let's say that they actually do use Jonathan Taylor more in the passing game than we believe they will. Then all of a sudden he is up into that RB1, RB2 conversation. So the if your floor is RB7, I feel pretty good about that. Like I said, it's splitting hairs. CEH is in the same range. Dobbins, I don't know if he'll be there in 2020 uh, just because of Ingram still being there. But in 2021, he absolutely will be. That's where I came out with all of it. Got it. Nice. Good explanation. Uh, I can live with it. I won't argue with it. I don't agree with everything you said, but you know, that's okay. We, we all have our own guys and you should get your guy. That's the most important thing in these drafts is just go out there and get your guy. So let's start here with the first round, Matt, give me one of your favorite players here and landing spots in the first round. Uh, so in the first round, I mean, obviously going back to the pre-draft, I was pretty high on a guy, um, Justin Jefferson out of LSU and he ended up going in the first round of the draft, um, number 22 overall to the Vikings. And um, with with the departure of uh, Stephon Diggs here in the offseason going over to the Bills via the, via the trade, uh, it really vacated a nice little spot there in, in um, for the uh, for the wide receiver out of LSU, Justin Jefferson. Um, so, you know, you're not going to expect him year one to automatically pick up all of the um, 
targets that Stefan Diggs did all 93 or 96. It was somewhere right around there. But definitely going forward, I, I see him transitioning pretty early um, into that number two spot and then eventually taking over as the number one target there in the offense um, as Adam Thielen kind of works his way out of the league. Because I think Adam Thielen's 29 now and he'll be 30 in the end of August. So it's it's a very nice landing spot, a nice situation, and it'll give him a little bit of time to mature into that number one role. Nice. We all know Matt's a huge Justin Jefferson fan. Every league that I'm in with Matt, he's been, been very aggressive at going out there and adding him to his roster. Garrett and I are kind of – well, Garrett's actually lowest on Justin Jefferson. I'm in the middle because a lot of what I said during the pre-draft process, I'm still on the page with that. But I do think he has an opportunity and a path to be the number one guy. And Garrett just doesn't overall love the spot. Uh, which is fine. And we, again, we go into detail about Justin Jefferson on the pod as well or the YouTube channel. Garrett, give me one of your favorite landing spots here uh, in the first round. Uh, this kind of got me to what is now my wide receiver one in the class. And uh, similar to, and you're going to hear this a couple of times, and uh, it just shows how freaking incredible this draft class is. Uh, but, but I ended up having uh, Jalen Rager, just one spot in my overall rankings ahead of CeeDee Lamb. And that was partly because he went to a hand-in-glove fit uh, with Philadelphia. And that's not something that we've, we see as much with these wide receivers as we saw with the running backs. A lot of the running backs went to incredible, incredible landing spots. Wide receivers, it was a little bit more hit and miss. Uh, but that was not the case for Jalen Rager. He's going to a place with a ton of uh, of opportunity. They do not have a true wide receiver one there. Their main receivers are are aging and decrepit. The best pass catching options right now are two tight ends and a running back. They need somebody that can get downfield with his speed, with his athleticism, with his ability to do some of the contested catch things. I think he's going to be tar- targeted early and often. And overall, I'm very, very excited about what the future holds for Jalen Rager. Yeah, Rager got a bump for me, too. I kind of moved him up to my running wide receiver three overall. He's right there with Henry Ruggs. Uh, I moved Henry Ruggs down to my fourth overall receiver, which I don't love doing. But with the addition of Brian Edwards there, it does make it you know two really good receivers. I, yeah. I would probably go 50-50 on that as well. I like the Rager spot a lot. For a guy who me and Matt were down on a little bit, he does get a significant bump. You mentioned CeeDee Lamb. CeeDee Lamb's still my number one receiver. I know he's still Matt's number one receiver as well. Don't let anybody absolutely. tell you that's not a good spot. It's absolutely a fantastic landing spot for CeeDee Lamb because there is an out after 21 of Amari Cooper's contract. We envision them doing that. Jerry Jones passed up Randy Moss back in, in the late 90s. He was not going to be making that same mistake twice. He did what every GM, good GM, should do. He took the best player available, and that clearly was CeeDee Lamb at number 17 overall. Everything we talked about in the pre-draft process doesn't change about CeeDee Lamb and how good he is. He's going to bring that to Dallas, and now you have Amari Cooper taking the number one cornerback away from him. So CeeDee Lamb's still my number one. I know he's Matt's number one. And we had some other receivers go here in the first round when Henry Ruggs in, in Las Vegas. Yes, guys, I still love him. Brandon Ayuk went to the 49ers. And we mentioned him during our rookie, our rookie process saying this is a guy who has first-round buzz out there right now and he ended up going the first round and not only that he goes to the the san francisco 49ers which is a great system for him they they have speed speed and more speed out there him and debo samuel both electric with the ball in their hands 
Ayuk's probably just moved. He's still a second rounder for me at this point, but I really do like to land a spot there. Obviously, my favorite spot here is Clyde Edwards-Alaire for the Chiefs. He's the only running back to get that first-round pedigree for the Chiefs. He's somebody that is, just fits that to a T. Again, we talk about Jonathan Taylor going to the perfect spot. We talk about J.K. Dobbins in a perfect spot. The comp that we gave Clyde Edwards-Alaire was the Brian Westbrook comp as it was. And now he goes to Brian Westbrook's former head coach and Andy Reid, who just produces year in, year out, top end running backs. I mean, you this is a guy who got you, not you guys, not if you're listening to the podcast because you, you, you wouldn't fall for that. But this is who got the Dynasty community to draft Damian Williams 25 rounds higher than he should be drafted in most leagues, even though we were sitting here telling people not to take him that high in startups. So this is a situation that's perfect. Clyde Edwards-Alaire floor is so low, his floor is almost running back one situations here. So the way I look at it is when we're talking all-purpose yards, this is somebody who can get that all-purpose yards close to 2,000 yards. This is a situation where Kareem Hunt came into the league where – Pat Mahomes yet wasn't a Super Bowl winner, wasn't an NFL MVP that still need those weapons that led the league in rushing with over 1,300 yards. They had 55 receptions with a, a ton of yards with 11 total touchdowns and finished the year as running back four. And Clyde Edwards-Alaire is a better running back than Kareem Hunt. He is going to eat year in and year out. And not only is he going to be a running back one, but he's going to compete for top four running backs in the league on a year in year out basis with his pass catching ability and his run ability in that chiefs offense. I love Clyde Edwards-Alaire and so does the rest of the community, which it makes total sense for how people don't have him one, one still kind of blows my mind. And that's fair that, you know, people like Jonathan Taylor, but again, it comes back to that pass catching ability. We're talking about a running back here that can catch 70 or let's say the floor is 60 footballs to 85 footballs in this offense. Andy Reid loves throwing the, to the running back and Clyde Edwards, Alaire is the best pass catching running back in this class. Again, he's the one, one 10 out of 10 times or whatever number you want to multiply that about. He is unbelievable when it comes to landing spots. We were talking about any running back going to the chiefs was a significant bump. And we were all kind of worried about the chiefs with their draft capital, not investing in a running back that high, but not only did they do that, this was their plan all along. Pat Mahomes wanted them. The GM Brett Veach wanted them. Andy Reid wanted them. They all wanted Clyde Edwards Alaire on their team. This is dynasty gold, people. Do not pass up that golden nugget when it's laying there right before you. Make a move. Go up there. Get him. Surpass the other top four. That's fine. You're going to be reaped the benefits for year after year. You like having Christian McCaffrey on your roster? Well, here's your chance to get somebody in that mold. This is your chance in the rookie draft to get somebody in that mold to score those kind of fantasy points. Saquon Barkley-esque kind of fantasy points. Look what Austin Eckler did last year, guys. Look what Austin Eckler did last year, finishing his running back three, even with Melvin Gordon coming back because of what he did and the skill set he brought to his football team. Is Alvin Kamara the best running back in the NFL? No. Is is Alvin is Austin Eckler the best running back in the NFL? No, he is not. But they both are top end fantasy running backs because of the skill set they bring and the system that they're in. And this is where Clyde Edwards Alaire finds himself in that system with that skill set. We're talking top four fantasy running backs year in, year out. This is first round startup capital laying right before our eyes. You have to go get this kind of player now. 
You have to do it. I'm telling you, this is a player you can. I'm willing to give up a little bit more from to have this kind of player because they're worth their weight in gold. You go out there and try and trade for Saquon Barkley right now. You go out there and try and trade for Christian McCaffrey and look what that's going to cost you in draft picks and veteran players and players that you have on your roster. It's going to cost you an arm and leg. It's going to set your team back. These players don't come around very often. Yes, Jonathan Taylor is in a great situation, a quality running back. But listen, I already mentioned the comp to like Derrick Henry. Even Nick Chubb, who I love Nick Chubb. And I love the skill set he brings, but he's still not running back one overall. He's still not year in, year out going to be top four running backs. He can get there a year here and a year there. You know, Derrick Henry, four years in the league, only one running back, one finish. Only one. Only one running back finish. You need that PPR aspect to your game to be a high-end running back. You need it. It's a must. You got to have it. Clyde Edwards-Alaire has it, and you need to have it too on your dynasty roster. You need to go out there and get them. I'm telling you, this is, a sure, this is as sure as a thing as when Saquon Barkley was on the clock a couple years ago. It's that Whoa. sure of a thing. It's as sure as a thing as when Zeke Elliott was on the clock couple years ago this is a match made in heaven this is fantasy football dynasty fantasy football gold you don't walk by gold and keep on walking that's what pennies are for okay we see pennies we see those bishop rankies laying around there you gotta walk by those but you don't ever ever pass up gold this is gold he's the only gold prospect in this draft class he is the only one Clyde Edwards-Alaire for the Chiefs. I'm amped up about him, man. I don't know if you guys could tell. I couldn't that's tell. That's how strongly Rich, no. I feel about oh, him, man. Wow. I, I mean, I'm telling you, this is this is I, I don't, even talking about it, guys. It's like we say this is a tier. Like these four guys. When I sit here and think about it, it's not even that. It's tier one, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, and then the other three guys right behind him who are all fantastic too. I mean, I I agree that he's really good, but but Barkley. Is Barkley a better running back? Absolutely. But again, we're not talking about who the best running back is, Garrett. We're not talking about that. You know, I, we don't talk all, about Austin Eckler as the best running is, back or Alvin Kamara as the best running back. Is is Austin Eckler the best running back in the NFL? I no, I'm just saying it it's it's Barkley. Like we're we're not we're situations change. Just because it's right, the well, best situation ever doesn't mean he's well, the I, best running back ever. I'm not saying he's the, I, I'm not making that point. I want to be very clear. I'm not saying he's the best running back ever. I am not. I am absolutely not. But again, no, you're, you're neither you're is you're saying you have the same confidence. And what if something happens to Mahomes? You're saying it's yeah. the, the as easy Listen, of a pick is what you were trying I mean, to Garrett, say. Right? Aaron, we could say that we we could say that we could say the same thing about every player. What what have happens to Mahomes? What happens if the, the, all of a sudden the Colts decide to pay other players and they got to get rid of all their offensive linemen? What if what if uh, J.K. Dobbins and lose Lamar doing Jackson? It with nobody. Like if he were to get that offense, he like he is doing it with nobody. So like his no, situation can't get worse. No, like, I, of course, it can only get Barkley. better. I get Garrett. I get that too. But that's that's what if what if this? We're not playing that game. We're not playing what if or what if. What if is not what is. And what is Clyde Edwards Alaire is on the Kansas City Chiefs with Pat Mahomes, Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey, Sammy Watkins, Andy Reid as a head coach in that scheme and that system. That's what is, and that's what we're looking at. It's not about what is like what could be. Of course, you know if if you trade Saquon Barkley to the Chiefs, then oh my goodness, you know what I mean. But that's not the situation we're in. The situation we're in is Clyde Edward Lair is a Kansas City Chief. Rich, that's the are situation you, we're in. Rich, are you trying to say that 
uh, Clyde Edwards Alaire is as easy a pick as Saquon Barkley. Like, hey, just yes. mail it in, don't overthink it. That's how I took what you were trying to say. I don't think Garrett took it the same way, and I'm sure some of our audience won't take it the same way. So I do want to at least clarify that point that you're not saying by any means that Clyde Edwards Alaire is as good of a running back as Saquon Barkley, but it it should be that easy of a pick for you as it was to yes. go turn in the pick for Saquon Barkley because Clyde Edwards Alaire is in the perfect situation for his skill set and it's going to maximize his fantasy production. Out of all four of these guys, he has the highest upside from a fantasy standpoint. So that's yeah, that's I, that's I, how I, I took what you were saying, was. but I yeah. but I know you much better and I've been listening to you rant on guys for a long time. So I just wanted to at least get that out there to clarify, you know, your points a little bit so everyone kind of gets on the same page and and can understand what you're trying to say. Thanks for clearing up, Matt, because that's exactly what I meant. Is yeah, it's not like I would not take him above Saquon Barkley or anything like that. It's just like it's you're right. It's that easy of a pick at one, is what I meant. Because the whole point was like, oh, when Zeke was coming out, it was that easy of a pick. When Saquon was coming out, we knew he was the one one all the way through. It was always an easy pick. So that's where I view Clyde Edwards Alaire. And from that, I, I, get you. From that I still don't think it's that easy though. Like we still have other people thinking that there are other players that could be RB ones over him. So I I don't think it's quite that easy. Well, um, you know, just I'm just gonna you know, look here, and we'll we'll find out, and if it's something, um, we'll know here in the next three years. So three years now, uh, when Clyde edwards Lair is eating up, then I'll be like, oh, look at me! Told you guys it was it was that easy. You should have made a move for him. And if I'm wrong, again, I I have no problem being wrong whatsoever. But I really think it's I don't even think it, I don't think Jonathan Taylor is even honestly I don't even think he's close to Clyde edwards Lair when it comes to a fantasy football or dynasty fantasy football running back and could he prove me wrong and if he did would it shock me absolutely not if jk dobbins proved me wrong it wouldn't shock me if deandre swift proved me wrong it wouldn't shock me but i feel that confident about it but guys it's a, we got a lot more rounds to go so let's move on let's move into the second round here uh matt give me a guy here in the second round that you feel really good about um it doesn't have to be your favorite player either, but maybe it's because he got taken in the second round. Uh, that was somewhat of a surprise to you. You just love the landing spot for this player. Give me a guy that you like here in the uh, second round. Man, I mean, this this second round's kind of uh, – it's got about four or five guys that I really like. I mean, I'll start right at the top of the list, man. I really like the landing spot for T. Higgins. I feel like, um, you know, I didn't get a chance to really touch on him um, on, the, on the YouTube show last night. So I – I do like the fact that, you know, it's basically I comped him a little bit to an A.J. Green before the draft ever happened, and then he lands in a perfect spot to just kind of get mentored by A.J. Green for basically one year and then take over for him. I don't think he has quite the downfield explosion that A.J. Green has, but he t he has a lot of the same features, I think, to his game. And and the fact that he him and Burrow were able to kind of connect before uh, during the pre-draft uh, the pre -draft and pre-combine um, um you know their workouts and all that kind of stuff. They were they were working out together. I think that even adds a little bit extra. Um, you know, because they especially with this shortened off season and the fact that these guys aren't going to be able to get together. At least they've had a little bit of time to get to know each other and kind of get on a little bit of the same page um, as far as just timing and rhythm type of stuff. So I I really like the addition of T Higgins there, the very first pick of the second round. Great matchup with Joe Burrow. Gets one of the better younger quarterbacks coming to the league with the Bengals. Good mentor and having 
uh, AJ Green there to kind of mentor him and for somebody to model his game after will immediately have a strong number two in Tyler Boyd, a strong running game in Joe Mixon. What's there not to like about T Higgins there? And I'm with you, Matt. There's a lot of guys here in the second round that I like a lot. I mean, there's a couple surprises like a guy, AJ Dillon going to the Packers. Uh, I think that's more of of fixing the Jamal Williams problem than the Aaron Jones problem. So we're still looking at somewhat of a timeshare there, but I still like Aaron Jones, maybe not as long-term, but I still don't love A.J. Dillon. It's not like he gets some huge boost for me for going to the second round. Garrett, give me a guy here in the second round that, you, that you're really happy with. Yeah, I'm going to go with Michael Pittman, and, and part of it is, yes, he was My a God. guy that I really liked before, but, you know, they – they had an opportunity, and they they clearly liked Jonathan Taylor in Indianapolis. They traded up to get him, but they they took they took Michael Pittman first, and I can't think of a lot of places that you know he would be a bad fit. But this is a great great fit in Indianapolis. There's not a lot going on there right now. We've we've seen the decline of T. Y. Hilton. Uh, they after that, it's it's Paris Campbell is really the only other wide receiver of note. And he's not really a traditional X receiver, so he's going to fit in there great. I think he's going to get peppered with targets uh, pretty early on. And then just the skill set that he has, he's he's a big physical player. I think that's something that they've been missing. You know, they 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 thought they had it a while back in a guy like Dante Moncrief, and that didn't really pan out. And then they brought in who did they bring in last year? Was it Funches? They brought yeah. in, and like Funches. that didn't really pan out. I think they want that big physical receiver, and I think they finally got their guy in Michael Pittman. Yeah, and he has a draft capital show for it. If you're not a nerd herd member, I started last week's show. Uh, as we finished off our rookie breakdowns with the wide receivers, the very first comment I said on there was saying, guys, now that all my fantasy analysis is done, the one thing I came away with is that I was too low on Michael Pittman. After looking at everybody as a whole through the wide receiver class, and here he goes, second pick in the second round. Like Eric said, they invested in him. He doesn't have a whole lot of com- competition from a dynasty aspect. We don't know who his quarterback is long-term, but I'm okay with that because I'm sure they're going to figure it out right now. I mean, when you got guys like Cam Newton uh, on the waiver wire and Jameis Winston signing as backups for the Saints, I think that the league right now has been in the best situation it's ever been when it comes to quarterbacks, at least. With a couple good – there's another strong class coming out next year, with that, definitely with the addition of Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields. Yep. So – I'm not overly worried about that long term as well. So I love the Michael Pittman situation. We went, we talked about on uh, the YouTube show. So make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel about Cam Akers. So if you want to hear about Cam Akers, we go into depth about him on the YouTube channel. We go into depth about him on the Nerd Herd episode as well. Van Jefferson as well, getting that draft capital. We already talked about J.K. Dobbins here. So I'm going to talk about uh, a, a guy here in the second round that I was really happy with. And I am going to go... Uh, oh, excuse me there. I'm going to go with Denzel Mims for the New York Jets. Something we haven't spent a lot of time about. I like Van Jefferson, but I think Denzel Mims goes where the Jets has always been like, okay, whatever receiver takes the Jets is going to get like a, a downtick, right? Because of Adam Gase and the whole situation. But I think we could all agree. And we've all talked about like, we don't think Adam Gase is long for New York. And if Adam, here's the thing, if Adam Gase is going to last in New York, that means he turned it around in New York and things got a lot better pretty quickly. And if things are going to turn around and get better quickly, you'd have to assume Denzel Mims is going to have a hand in it because who else is going to do that? Jameson Crowder. He's going to be the thing that turns around the New York jets. I don't think so. 
You got Sam Darnold there. He's only 22 years old or 21 years old for the Jets. And you bring in a young guy out of Baylor and Denzel Mims with his size, his speed, and his hands. They have nobody else like that on the roster. I know they got Brashad Perriman for the, uh, a year, so I guess you could kind of use him as an example. But I really like Denzel Mims for the Jets. He was my number four overall receiver going into this. With the other landing spots, I would move him down just a little bit, but he's in the same tier to me as uh, Justin Jefferson, as T. Higgins. I would probably take Michael Pittman above most of these guys, but again, he's probably in the same tier with them too because we don't we don't know his quarterback long term situation. So, just as we mentioned with those running backs, how it's kind of like, hey, pick your poison. I feel the same with uh, these receivers: Denzel Mims, Michael Pittman, T. Higgins. Uh, not in Justin Jefferson. I feel the same about those guys. It's kind of like if I had any of them, I literally am equally as happy getting all of them. I believe they will all be successful. If you had to say, pick which one of them that you think the highest chance to be a bust is, that's a tough one. Out of that group, guys, who do you think would have the chance to be the highest potential? I guess it would probably be Mims, right? Yeah, probably. Probably because it, it's been documented that I'm not a huge Jefferson fan, but I think the floor is pretty safe on on Jefferson. So I don't I don't think he's gonna bust out. I just don't think he'll be as high as others. So yeah, Mems makes the most sense with you know the where he's going and and Gase and there really not being any other weapons around there. So yeah, I I think I would agree with that, Matt. Yeah, no, I'm good with the Mems pick as well as the most risky it, as, as I would put. Yeah, I put Mims as my riskiest player with the lowest floor. And we kind of mentioned that with him in the podcast, a rookie breakdown, like his floor is so low because if he just stays like that athletic kind of guy, when it goes to stealing, I'd put him as the highest stealing probably with Michael Pittman Jr. Uh, on that list as well. So a lot of probably good players so, yeah. here in the second in the second round. You know, of course, Jonathan Taylor as well. We have A.J. Dillon. We have Van Jefferson. Van Jefferson was drafted ahead of Denzel Mims for the Rams. Cam Akers, Michael Pittman, Chase Claypool goes to the Steelers. Right now, the reports are that he will not get moved to tight end. He will play slot receiver or the X receiver. I'm sorry, and they're going to move Juju to the slot. That's the report coming out of Pittsburgh. K.J. Hamler to the Broncos. Cole Komet to the Bears to solve their tight end situations at the first uh, tight end off the board in the second round. LaVisca Chenault to the Jaguars. A lot of offensive weapons here in the second round. So we have a good deep list here. Let's move on to the third round, but before we do, let's hear a word from one of our sponsors, and that is Manscaped.com. Manscaped, ladies and gentlemen, we've all been locked in our house for a long time, and pretty soon we're going to be released, and when we're going to be released, we're going to be like a wild animal let back out into the wild, and if you're a gentleman out there, you don't want to go out there looking like a Sasquatch, you know? You don't want to go out there looking like you've been locked in the house for a month. You need to bonsai that bush, and there's no better way to do it than the lawnmower 3.0. That is their new man groomer for manscaped.com, and right now you have an opportunity to save 20% with free shipping by using the promo code NERDS. This thing is fantastic. I have it. Matt has it. Garrett has it. Has a battery. Has a light. So if all of a sudden we face an apocalypse and the lights and electricity goes off, you still can go down there and you can take care of business because, hey, 
you got a light on there. And when you all of a sudden come out of that stranded damsel in distress, you're still going to be looking good. Listen, this isn't the 70s anymore, people. People need to go out there and be looking respectable to keep a lo- you know, a good thing going. And then listen, you always want to keep a good thing going. Always. And you got to be looking re- respectable, not out there walking around like you're looking like Cousin It from the, from the Adams family. All right? Got to get on the, the manscaped.com. Check it out. It's one of the coolest tools you have out there. It's the best tool that I have ever used. And my wife said she appreciates it greatly. Trim that drunk of your junk of yours. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the promo code nerds at manscaped.com. I promise you, your balls will thank you. It's a great thing. I love it. Matt, you love it? I love it, Rich. Garrett, you like it? I'm a fan. Yes, we all fans. Manscaped.com, promo code nerds. Thank us later. You have your wives send a thank you later. Or when you actually get free of this big mess and you get out there, trust me, you'll thank us later. Manscaped.com. Let's move on to the third round, people. People. <laughs> My fellow nerds. <laughs> to the third round. I'm Matt, I'm gonna let Garrett go first because this is a clear cut choice. This is a rejoice party. I've been on the Twitter. I saw people sending Garrett congratulation cards and emojis with eyeballs and hearts and trophies. Garrett, tell the people your favorite third round pick. Yeah, my favorite third round pick is Keyshawn Vaughn. And it's one of those situations where, you know, I was I was high on Keyshawn Vaughn through the entire process. I've been talking about him for over a year now. And it's it is a big relief when you get to the NFL draft. And even though there were a lot of people that didn't even have Keyshawn Vaughn in their top ten, to see him get taken in the third round kind of validates some of the things that you're noticing and some of the things that you're seeing on tape. Kid is an all-around solid running back. He's very good in the passing game. He's going to supplant Ronald Jones in that sense. And he's good between the tackles, runs a lot bigger than he even is. And he gets paired up with Tom Brady. And we know Bruce Arians has uh, been there for fantasy goodness over the years for running back. So I'm not sure that there was a place for a third-round running back to land that could have gotten me much more excited, let alone one of my favorite prospects with one of my favorite landing spots. So it was it was pretty exciting when it happened. That's a solid guy you're going to be in your lineup for the next couple of years. Nobody here is worried about Ronald Jones whatsoever. Tom Brady, Keyshawn Vaughn, nice matchup there. They also got that, that left tackle and Tristan Wirfs in the first round, too, to improve that offensive line. So it's a very good... Uh, sign for Keyshawn. I knew you were extremely happy you went there. We liked any running back that went to the Bucks, and the fact that it's Keyshawn Vaughn, something that Garrett's been pimping on here for a while, is a pretty good thing. So I like Keyshawn Vaughn. Matt, give me one of the guys in the third round that you came away happy about. Um, actually, Brian Edwards uh, went to the Raiders uh, out of South Carolina. A guy that you know he got injured during the pre-draft uh, uh, process and wasn't able to do any of the the running or anything like that at the combine. So I, I think he's a guy that would have gone earlier had it not been for that. And, and he still only ended up falling to the third round. But you know it, they're going to pair Brian Edwards up with with Henry Ruggs, and those guys are are going to be perfect matches together because. Henry Ruggs obviously is the guy that's quick as a hiccup. He's super fast on the field. And Brian Edwards is is the the bigger, more physical type of guy coming in at, at almost 6'3", 212 pounds. And he just has a very physical nature to his game. He's a very good route runner um, as well and has, has really good hands. So 
Uh, he's a very nice compliment to Henry Ruggs' explosiveness. I, I think um, he has he you know Brian Edwards plays with enough speed. He's not like slow by any by any means. And I think uh, I, I can't remember if it was a nerd herd episode or or a free episode where we kind of comped him to a Michael Thomas coming out where you know both in stature and kind of steadiness and and really um, he's a he's a very good like technical wide receiver. Um. Um, so, so, you know, it's, it's a loose, it's a loose comparison, but he's definitely underrated. I feel like, uh, throughout the entire community and, and throughout the NFL, I think a little bit due to, to the fact that he, he got injured in in the pre-draft, uh, stuff. So we mentioned that during our rookie breakdowns, talking about Brian Edwards is like, he's the kind of guy he, we still had him in that tier, but he was always at the back end of the tier. And even after the draft, we still find him in that same tier at the back end of that tier. And it wouldn't surprise me if Brian Edwards was the number one fantasy receiver for the Raiders. As much and as much I say that as much as I love Henry Ruggs, because you're right, Matt. They complement each other so perfectly. And when I mention it comes down to PPR, you could see Brian Edwards being a guy where he might have 1,600 receiving yards, but I could see him having 90 receptions for 1,100 yards and seven touchdowns. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That kind of receiver that you just want on your roster. And this is a guy you're going to get in the second round of every draft. I haven't seen Brian Edwards go in the first in any draft. So you're going to get that quality of a player in the second round. There's some other really good players here in in the third round of this draft that we saw. Lynn Bowden Jr. goes to the Raiders as a running back. Don't really love that because they're really strong on him being a running back. Probably hurts a little bit of Josh Jacobs' uh, receiving ability there. You have Zach Moss going to the Bills, which is a really good spot because I'm not overly worried about Devin Singletary because I think Zach Moss is a bigger Devin, Devin Singletary. He can catch the ball really well. Only had it had an 86% catch rate, had forced 89 missed tackles, and had a 4.5-yard average after the run, which is fantastic. Uh, Devin Asiasi that went to the Patriots as a tight end. We all know the tight ends there are great. Darrington Evans going to the Titans, who's a really good outside runner. When I did his rookie breakdown, I said I like him on the outside way better than inside, so he compliments Derrick Henry perfectly, and there's definitely a path for him to be the man there in 2021, and Devin Duvernay goes to the Ravens. Uh, Josiah DeGuara goes to the Packers at tight end. Dalton Keene, another tight end, goes in the third round, and Adam Troutman to the Saints. We all like those Saints tight ends as a good fit, but my favorite pick here was Antonio Gibson of the Redskins. They drafted him as a wide receiver, even though we kind of said he is a running back, but rumor out from one of our sources uh, in the NFL saying that they there's a possibility Antonio Gibson is just going to be used as an overall weapon, kind of like he was at Memphis. And if you're looking for that Percy Harvin kind of player, a guy with that 4-3-9 speed who has decent enough hands but look better as a runner, that's Antonio Gibson finding himself in a situation with a lot of uncertainty. Who is that number two receiver for the Redskins? Is it going to be Antonio Gandy-Golden? Is it going to be Kelvin Harmon? We don't know. Could it be Antonio Gibson? Who's going to be the main running back there? Is it going to be Darius Geis? We hope so because we hope his knees can hold up. He's a fantastic in-between-the-tackles runner, but Antonio Gibson can be used all over. And if we're looking at manufactured touches and opportunity, that all equates to fantasy production. I think Antonio Gibson's in a very nice spot. Of course, there's a very low floor for him, but there's also a very high ceiling. He's just one of the players that I want to get some shares in because he's just so intriguing of what he could bring to 
fantasy football and how explosive he is. So I like Antonio Gibson for the Redskins. He was one of my favorite picks there in the third round. I was hoping he'd kind of get some of that second round draft capital, but he still goes relatively high here in the third round. I like it. Third round, second pick in the third round too. So almost a second rounder. He almost got there, but I like myself, Sim Antonio Gibson. Matt, we enter the fourth round here. And we're still not short on dynasty players that we want to add to our roster. Give me a guy here in the fourth round that you like in the pick. Oh, man. Um, I, you know, I I really do. I know exactly who Garrett's going to uh, gonna pick, so I'm not going to pick Don't him. take his guy. <laughs> I'm just don't yeah, take my you guy. Don't, that's like already I, happened once today, all right? Like I that's already enough. did in that draft <laughs> that we already took part in. Um, so I'm, I'm going to take, um, you know, you know I, I really like the the landing spot of Anthony McFarlane there too. Oh, you took my guy too. I'm, I'm a, sorry. I'm double up on yours. No, <laughs> I, I wasn't, okay. I wasn't sure if you were going to pick him or not. So I, you know, all right. I wanted to cover him, so I, I I'm 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 going to go ahead. Yeah. So the Steelers, obviously, in the fourth round, you know, they they don't have a running back like him. Yeah. Uh, James Plot James Plotter James Cotter is a little bit of a plotter. So <laughs> <laughs> I think I just nicknamed him James Plotter. Um, and Anthony McFarland obviously just has a ton of juice, um, you know, very fast. If it wasn't for the high ankle sprain this past season, he probably would have gone higher in this draft. Uh, I know that Rich has said that a couple times on a couple of different things that we've, we've, we've recorded already this week. So a 4.44, no one on that, no one on that running back room is that explosive. So, you know, it might take him a little bit to get going. Uh, I've mentioned it a couple of times just because I think a lot of these rookies are going to take a little bit of time to get acclimated to the offenses, um, you know, with the, with the shortened offseason. But Anthony McFarlane, I could see getting a, a pretty good role here in this offense relatively early in the season just due to his explosiveness. I mentioned this on a podcast that I thought 2019 could be a blessing in disguise for dynasty owners trying to get a good sneaky share of a player because of that high ankle sprain. If you go back to this 2018 18 tape, you can see how explosive Anthony McFarlane is. So not only did I say pre-draft that he was one of my favorite players pre-draft, one of my sneaky guys I want to get a lot of shares of, he gets a decent draft capital for a running back in the fourth round, and they land on a great situation with the Pittsburgh Steelers, because you're right, Matt, James Conner has been banged up a lot over these last couple of years. The guy can't stay healthy, and even when he is healthy, like we don't see, like when you look at him, you're like, oh, dude, he's a fantastic running back. He produced... But so did other guys in that offense when given the opportunity. You know, you put you put a Jalen Samuel out there and a Benny Snell, and you're like, oh, okay, yeah. Product of the system. And McFarland's extremely explosive. And just as the last year of James Conner's contract. So kind of like when James Conner came in and we told him, hey, you draft this guy, you might have to be a patient. We don't know what's going to happen with Le'Veon Bell. We could say the same thing with James Conner, where the Pittsburgh Steelers are not interested in paying a running back big money and going through that Le'Veon Bell situation and the fluidity of this position of the running back. And now Anthony McFarlane, how the Pittsburgh Steelers do and have no problem doing, is just given the opportunity to be the guy there for the Pittsburgh Steelers in 2021. And then like any running back in fantasy football, all you need is touches and opportunity to produce. And if you're going to get a guy in that offense with that many weapons around him, they had a Chase Claypool in the second round. You got Juju Smith-Schuster, 
You got Deontay Johnson. You got James Washington. Open things up for our guy, Anthony McFarland, who's explosive on the outside edge that will run physical. Yes, he's got a couple injury concerns as well with the high ankle sprain. Broke his leg in, uh, back in the day, too. But I don't think he's really injury prone. So I'm very intrigued about Anthony McFarland. This is a guy you can get. I was actually, guys, I was in a draft. He went in the back end of the first round in a draft. I was kind of taken away by it. A one QB league. Every other draft I've been in, which is a lot, he's gone at the very highest, like back end of the second, but most a lot of times the high end of the third. I feel very comfortable taking him there. I've already got multiple Anthony McFarland shares, and I hope I get more of them as more drafts roll out throughout this summer. Big fan of the Anthony McFarland spot with you as well, Matt, as my favorite guy in the fourth round. Let's hear Garrett's guy, favorite guy in the fourth round. Well, for the second round in a row, uh, my favorite player will not be a very big surprise. Uh, there, there have been two guys that I have hyped more uh, than probably any other player, and that was Keyshawn Vaughn, who we talked about in the third round. And then in the very next round, my boy DJ Dallas went. And for me personally, even though people were more hyped for uh, Keyshawn Vaughn, I was even more excited about DJ Dallas. Not because I would ever draft him ahead of Keyshawn Vaughn. It's not as incredible of a landing spot, all of that. But when I say that there were people down on DJ Dallas, there were people that had him not even inside of their top 15 running backs. Like There was a very big divide, and there were not a lot of people in the DJ Dallas camp. I really prided myself in pioneering that group. And so I heard all the time, like, yeah, we'll see if he even gets drafted. Like, and, and watching the tape, there was no doubt that this guy was one of the better contact balance runners in the class. He was one of the best in pass protection. And he was able to be very versatile, playing all these different positions, especially the most important for fantasy purposes. He was a former wide receiver that converted to running back. And so all of these things came together. He gets drafted by the Seahawks, which is a really good situation because similar to McFarlane, the guy ahead of him is someone that gets injured often. And similar to McFarlane, the guy ahead of him's contract is up next year. So they both find themselves in very similar situations. And one of the things I love about Pete Carroll is he is not afraid to play the best player regardless of the draft capital. You see that all over their defense, guys that were lower round prospects, no-name guys that really rose to stardom. You see that even with their starting quarterback, he was a third-round guy after they signed Matt Flynn that offseason to be their starter. They were like, oh, wait, Russell Wilson's way better. Let's just make him the guy. Uh, We've even seen them do that with their current running back, Chris Carson. He was a sixth, seventh-round guy. So the opportunity is there, and they're both, both Carson and Penny are coming off injuries. Penny's was much more significant, so I'm not sure that he will even be healthy to start the year. But Carson will see how he's looking, see how things are going. We know he's had that fumbling problem as well. So there's a lot of paths to him being relevant on this team. I was very excited. And everywhere, I have him in every league except for one league where Matt decided to wait on every single running back, and now all of a sudden he loves DJ Dallas. So he took him one spot ahead of me. But other than that, I own him in every single league. Um, and the nice part is you don't have to take him in the second round. You I, Everywhere I've gotten him have has been 3-2 or later. So that's the, that's the beautiful part is you have that immense upside with not a lot of risk. The league that I sniped him in, I, I picked him at 3-11. You, I, he was the best, clearly, 
the best player on the board, and there was no way I could pass him up. I knew you, you were picking right behind. Can, I needed can a out? running back. I didn't have enough running backs to go into the season. I needed a running Matt, back. Matt, I will hold this against you forever. And I don't blame you, but that's how <laughs> fantasy football is. <laughs> that's how it works, buddy. <laughs> Yeah, and obviously it's a big spot, and this is good. This is good validation for DJ Dallas. You know, it, this is somebody who joined our YouTube channel. He did a whole show with us. Great kid, like his skill set. I definitely see a path for him being successful in the NFL. I, I like him as a late second rounder, third rounder in your rookie drafts. And like Garrett said, he lands in a situation where the best player is always going to play, and you can't ask for much more than that. Matt believes Chris Carson's the best running back, but with injuries. DJ Dallas can find a lane and there could be a way for him to end up there. So I do like Dallas DJ in this situation. Dal- well. Dallas DJ, show him some respect. Quit saying his name backwards. <laughs> DJ Dallas. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, DJ. I am sorry. You've been a guest on the show. I am sorry. I think I did on the YouTube you show. Did. You uh, did. Superflex rookie mock draft too. You did. Yeah, I, I called another- you out pretty quick. Just another reason you guys subscribe to that YouTube channel. Uh, here, more just the more times you can hear me mess up, it's it's pretty great. We just did that super flex rookie mock draft. We just had Alvin Silva on of EstablishTheRun.com. We talked about some dynasty sleepers. We did a pre NFL draft uh, one round rookie mock draft as well. If you want to check that out, we got a lot of good t- content and that Dynasty Nerds YouTube channel. You got to subscribe. We have so much more stuff coming. We got Danny Kelly of the Ringer coming up here soon. We're going to be talking about the NFL draft and some rookies as well. So we're going to have if this if you think this show doesn't give you enough rookie content, just check out the YouTube show and you're going to even get more rookie content and more of me just blabber on. And now we're going to talk about a couple guys that went from the fifth round on. No need to go about each round here because this is where things start to get real slim. But before I do, let me talk about one of our advertising sponsors, and that's Bud's Butter. Bud's Butter CBD Company. That is a it's a new place, budsbutter.com. That's B-U-D-Z is in zebra, butter.com. Budsbutter.com or Bud's Butter in general, is a family-owned CBD company that specializes in farming, processing, and producing high-quality CBD products at an affordable price. Bud's Butter has been in the CBD industry since 2017. They have a wide variety of CBD products, giving their customers a tastier way to cook and bake with CBD. Tanner and Levi Buds are brothers, owners, and long, long-time Dynasty Nerd listeners. They are running a 20% off with free shipping on all orders over $20 with the code NERD. That is a fantastic deal, NerdHerd. 20% off with free shipping? Using a promo code NERD? What more can you ask for? Once again, that is 20% off and free shipping on all orders over $20 with the promo code NERD. Check out all their products on BudsButter.com. That's B-U-D-Z Butter.com. And I got to tell you, they sent us some free samples uh, for us to try out because I've always heard about CBD oil and all the benefits it could do. And you can Google uh, about all the benefits of CBD oil. CBD oil could do for you. And I use their coconut oil, CBD oil, and I put, was put it in my coffee every morning. And I'm going to tell you, man, that made a huge difference. I like to try and work out a lot and take care of myself. And do, in the company I own, I get lower back pain. But when I take that CBD oil and I put it in my coffee, all my like minor aches and pains 
kind of disappear. And not only that, I just have this like new energy about myself that I feel really good. I texted my wife the first time I took it. I was like, man, I just tried that CBD oil from Bud's Butter and I put that coconut oil in my coffee and I just feel very focused and very energetic and I'm not sore at all. And she's like, really? I'm like, yeah, really. It actually makes a big difference. So you got to check it out. I, I highly recommend it just to even give it a whirl. I, like I said, I used the coconut oil and put in my coffee. Makes my coffee taste better. And then I have this great feeling overall. You got to check it out. Make sure you use that promo code NERD to get 20% off and free shipping. Give it a whirl. See what it could do for you. I know it did a lot for me. And this is a product now that I actually got to try it. I will be using going forward. Definitely loving all the benefits brings into my personal life. Check them out, budsbutter.com. Use the promo code NERD today. So Matt, moving on here, we have the fifth, sixth, seventh round, maybe even an undrafted free agent. Give me a guy that you like here that went later in the draft that you think, even though he was drafted later, might make a difference for your dynasty team. So yeah, I mean, I have a couple of guys. I guess I'll just mention one real quick, and then we'll go into the other the, to the the other one uh, a little bit more in depth. But an undrafted guy that I like his landing spot, and, and you know, I, I obviously I think he wouldn't have gone undrafted if it wasn't for a, a pre-draft injury. Was Thaddeus Moss going to the Redskins as an undrafted free agent? Uh, you know, obviously he didn't break out until this this past season at LSU, and he's not like an overly explosive guy, but. As far as who they have ahead of him on the depth chart there in in uh, Washington, there's really not much there. And if he can just get healthy and be a body there, I think he can at least um, you know have a little bit of relevance for a guy that went undrafted. I just wanted to at least mention him as a, a potential you know a nice landing spot. But the other guy, yeah, they, they cut they cut Jordan Reed, so that's a really good potential. There for him. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and the other guy that I really liked that was drafted just a little bit later was Tyler Johnson um, going to the Buccaneers. Obviously, we kind of hash it out a little bit right towards the end there. And there are some question marks about Tyler Johnson, which is probably why he slipped this far uh, um, in in the draft. But going to the Buccaneers, I know there's a there's a ton of people on the depth chart, but for them to make an, uh, a commitment to this guy and for him to be at least potentially getting paired with Tom Brady for the next couple of years, I think it's 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 just a, a nice guy, interesting guy, um, I guess uh, going forward. So that's that's a guy that I saw Matt. late that I kind of liked. Yep. Man, Garrett, and I was kind of thinking about that Tyler Johnson pick there um, and all the weapons they have here. And it got me thinking, man, with this contract and with the emergence of Chris Godin, Godwin, I can see next year that the Buccaneers trade Mike Evans. I can Absolutely. see it, man. Like, just like how we saw like DeAndre Swift, uh, Hopkins get traded out of nowhere. I see there's a clear path with Chris Godwin there. If Tyler Johnson can show a little bit or with how deep that wide receiver class is next year like it was this year, I could see a very likely situation of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers moving on from Mike Evans to get out from that contract as he starts to get a little bit older and they have Chris Godwin, they have all these weapons there already. I could see Mike Evans not being a part of the Buccaneers roster in 2021. You know, just, just, I was just thinking about that. I was like, man, I feel pretty strong about that. I mean, I don't need to bust out the, but you know, I do feel pretty good about it. Garrett, give me a guy here that went past the fifth round and on that you feel pretty good about. Yeah, there's there's definitely a few that I'm really, really interested in stashing on the end of my bench, uh, trying to put that 
uh, waiver claim out as soon as my draft's over. Uh, one of the guys uh, specifically that I'll talk about the most is Isaiah Coulter, and he plays for the Houston Texans. And one thing we know about the Houston Texans is they just traded DeAndre Hopkins. They have a big, massive hole at wide receiver. Obviously, they brought Brandon Cooks in. They got you know this hodgepodge group of Randall Cobb and Will Fuller and Kenny Stills and you know all of these kind of like speedy small guys that are not really in their prime anymore and not that good. And in the fifth round, they take they take Isaiah Coulter. They didn't take anybody earlier than that, which I was surprised. I kind of thought that they would. But one thing that he has that they really don't is he's a much bigger contested catch guy. He's got a little bit of a slight frame. He needs to add some weight, but he's six foot two and he ran a four four five at the combine. So he put up some pretty good numbers. And I'd started digging into some of his tape and I put a little bit of it on on Twitter, but uh, he's very, very intriguing to me. I'm not ready to put the Darius Slayton uh, stamp on it or anything like that, but. When I'm in the fifth round or I'm picking up undrafted guys, he's super interesting to me. Uh, Another one that I really like, uh, real quick, Jeff Thomas. Uh, He was from Miami, speedster type guy. He ended up going to the Patriots as an undrafted free agent. Probably would have been drafted if it wasn't for his off-the-field issues. So that's a place he could easily clean it up. We'll see how that goes. Uh, And then the last one is K.J. Hill ended up going to the, I almost say San Diego Chargers every time, the L.A. Chargers uh, as their seventh-round pick. And the nice thing is that after Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, it's a wide-open depth chart. There's really nobody uh, standing in his way. And even even Travis Benjamin isn't there anymore. So he could end up slipping into that third wide receiver role and doing very nicely there. Okay. One of the guys I like here is Isaiah Hodgins for the Buffalo Bills. Uh, uh, that big receiver that could be good. You know, he had a good report, Robert Foster there, and then Robert Foster fell off. And John Brown's, listen, John Brown's not getting any younger by, by the least. And I know they have Stephon Diggs, but... Besides that and Dawson Knox, there's not a lot of offensive weapons in the receiving game that you like. So from a dynasty aspect, Isaiah Hodgins is a very intriguing prospect, and he matches up really well with what Josh Allen brings to the table. It's six foot four, two hundred ten pounds, and remember he had a seven point oh one three cone back at the combine, ran a four six one at six foot four, two ten is pretty good, and I really like him catching the football. This guy has some really good hands. Didn't really drop anything on film. It could be he's a great compliment to a guy like Stefan Diggs as that red zone th- threat receiver. Isaiah Hodgins is somebody you're going to get the back end of your drafts. And I think he's a very intriguing prospect that I'd like to get some shares of. Another one is somebody that my Cleveland Browns drafted. We said Donovan Peoples Jones was you know, on our board, we were somewhat intrigued by him because of his his profile coming out of high school, and then how he just went and completely underwhelmed at the team up north is school. But that team was terrible. His quarterback was terrible, and now he goes to a situation where he can sit, learn from a couple of years from guys like Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham, two dogs. And eventually, when the Browns are going to move on from say one of these guys because of contract situations. Donovan Peoples-Jones might be in a situation where he could be that number two receiver on that roster with Baker Mayfield for years to come. Six-round pick. A lot of people in the NFL draft said it was great value. He is a very high athletic profile player. Killed the combine with a high spark score. So again, a player that you can get in the back end of your rookie draft. You're looking for like upside guys, right? Guys that could be, they offer high upside, not so much of a floor. And that's what Donovan Peoples-Jones brings. 
Yeah, that's a, that's a that's a nice pick. I mean, it, it's it's got a ton of upside. You know, obviously he could he could end up being absolutely nothing, and it wouldn't surprise me. But he could also turn into a really nice player. So that yeah, you're getting a lot of boom bust there. But that's what you're going to get late in drafts. So at least there's uh, some boom potential there with Donovan Peoples Jones. Yeah, and, and you're just trying to, you're just trying to filter through some of the you know the garbage, right? Like so, I. I think all the names that we mentioned here between the the fifth, sixth, and seventh round are all good guys that are, that are all um those are my targets as well. Mm-hmm. You know, we just gave you about what seven guys that get you through the back end if you have a deep draft, the fourth, the fifth, the sixth round of your rookie draft. Those are kind of the guys that you want to attack. You know, Garrett gave you Darius Slate and Preston Williams last year. How'd that work out for everybody's dynasty roster? Yeah, that was that yeah. was pretty. Ne- so even if you're hitting on only twenty to twenty five percent of those rookies uh, in the fourth plus rounds, that's a really great hit rate. So anything above that is incredible. But but even if you're just getting one out of every five, so we're trying to give you guys that not only have some semblance of talent or uh, were really good at the combine, but also have a clear path to being relevant. And that's that's the thing for me last year. That's how it was with Darius Slayton and Preston Williams. It was, you know, did they did I like their tape? Did they test well? And then is there a clear path? If at least two of those three things are, are there, there's a decent chance. If all three of those things are there, there's a pretty good chance that one of those guys could hit so you know that's what we're trying to do is just trying to give you guys that uh could end up being uh way better than the value that you pay for him absolutely this is a fantastic draft guys it's been an absolute pleasure studying it watching nfl draft finally see where all these guys land and the value that has increased across the board. We're going to spend the next couple of weeks uh, breaking down these players in order because now it's time for us to rank them. I know you guys, a lot of you guys have your rookie drafts already, but if you have not, we're going to rank these players. If you're doing one right now, our rankings are up on DynastyNerds.com. It's why you have to be a NerdHerd member. DynastyNerds.com is bringing you the most accurate rookie rankings in the business. We have proof of that over the last six years, so make sure you join the NerdHerd today to get that exclusive Dynasty Rookie Rankings. It's where you want to get it. If you're having to draft today, you don't want to miss out on the Dynasty Nerds ranking. You can sort them to listen just to Matt, just to Garrett, or myself, or our entire Dynasty Nerds team, which does a very great job of breaking down these prospects. There's never a better time to become a Nerd Herd member now because you do not want to mess up this rookie draft. There's too much talent out there now for you to go ahead and just throw away some of these picks. Every pick matters. The third round picks matter. You're going to get a talented player possibly in the fourth round. Let us help you dominate your rookie draft. And not only that, let us help you dominate your whole league year in, year out. Because Dynasty is 365 days a year. And we're here every week to make sure you dominate that with our free show, which you're listening to now. And then if you become a Nerd Herd member, you get that bonus podcast with access to all our great tools. The Nerd Score. You have access to that. The Dynasty Nerds Film Room. We're going to be 21 players going up there very soon to break down their tape. And we have many more tools coming as well on there today with the buy, sell tool and all. Make sure you check it out. And as we break down these players and we rank them position 
by position group. We're going to be doing the free shows and the Nerd Herd shows all in one. So make sure you join the Nerd Herd today. Make sure you listen to us on YouTube and watch us on YouTube by subscribing to the YouTube channel. We have so much content we're putting out there as well. I mean, pretty soon you're going to, you're going to have too much of Rich, Matt, and Garrett, but there's never too much information when it comes to Dynasty because information is key to building a championship caliber team. If you have the time, leave us a rating and review on iTunes as well. If you want to talk to other people that love Dynasty as much as you, join the Dynasty Nerds Facebook group. We're at almost 8,000 users on there. It's a giant forum for everybody to talk to. Until then, We'll be back next week ranking these overall players by position. Until then, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Dynasty Rich. I'm at Dynasty Matt. And I'm at Dynasty Price. Enjoy your week, Nerd Herd. Stay safe. We'll talk to you later. Adios.